Welcome to Paddling the Blue. With each episode, we talk with guests from the Great Lakes and around the globe who are doing cool things related to sea kayaking. I'm your host, my name is John Chase, and let's get started Paddling the Blue. Welcome to today's episode of Paddling the Blue. Today's guest is Joe Solomon, who joins me by way of referral from Madison Eckland from episode 73. He paddled the Ohio River and the Mississippi River in support of mental health, and we will talk with Joe about how paddling changed his life in more ways than one. Before we get to our chat with Joe, Simon Osborne and James Stevenson continue to make some great updates to OnlineSeaKayaking.com. And this week, I checked out James' great advice and video demo on fiberglass repairs. You're going to love this one. If you're not already a subscriber, visit OnlineSeaKayaking.com and use the coupon code PTBPODCAST, as in paddling the blue PTB podcast at checkout, and you'll get 10% off up to 12 months of your subscription investment. You'll find a link in the show notes to OnlineSeaKayaking.com, so check it out. And with that, enjoy today's episode with Joe Solomon. Hi, Joe. Welcome to Paddling the Blue. Hey, John. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. So you have, uh, you've taken a number of trips, and we're going to get into those trips here, but your trips have great meaning for you. So what is the message that you're, you're delivering with these trips? I strictly paddle to raise awareness for mental health in America. Uh, what I'm trying to do out there is normalize it for men and also get folks engaged in talking about mental health. It can be a sore subject at times in this country, and I'm trying to bring a normal face to it and uh, help others to realize that love and community around a person with a mental health condition can help them to live a better life. That's cool. Great message. I appreciate you delivering that. Why, why that message? Well, um, I suffer with mental health conditions myself. Back in 2012, I was involved in a medical accident that I ended up going into a catatonic state. And uh, I was gone for about 15 days and they didn't treat it properly. They ended up wiping out my short-term memory, leaving me fully disabled. So uh, through my disability, it enables me to paddle and to raise awareness for folks that are in the same boat as I am. Very cool. So paddling was your, your salvation then? No doubt. When I became disabled, I got a season pass to Green Acres Kayak and Canoe Livery here in Cincinnati. And I paddled every day for eight miles a day for four months straight. And during that time, I had realized that I had the strength to be able to paddle long distances. So I was telling all my friends and family, hey, I'm going to do a major river. And I started out on the Little Miami. It's a 100-mile jaunt. I did about that about four or five times to prepare to do the entire Ohio, which I did back in twenty six or twenty nineteen. So when you told your friends that you were gonna you know, start doing rivers and big big river trips, what was their reaction? They all thought I was crazy. They didn't <laughs> think that I could do it. Some of them doubted that I was able to have the stamina to paddle a long distance. A lot of my paddles have been heavily covered by the media. So I was able to connect with a lot of people along the Ohio, and I, I felt like it was a success. So I thought, well, you know, why not continue paddling uh, to raise awareness? So last year I, I started at the source of the Mississippi and paddled all the way to Vicksburg, only to be stopped by a hurricane. That's a bummer. Yeah, I wasn't by my choice, but kind of redeemed myself this year i decided to paddle from cincinnati to the gulf 
to finish that last 450 miles that I had on the Mississippi, and I ended up paddling from Cincinnati to the Gulf. Yeah, that would have been a big headwind otherwise. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you mentioned you had a season pass to Green Acres, and that's kind of how you started paddling. Why, why paddling specifically? What was it that said, that's the thing for me? It got me out of the house. It got me into nature. It got me to really connect with the beauty around us. It's not far from the city. I live in this city, but it's not far from the city to be able to go do this. And there's bald eagles along that route. There's gray, great blue herrings. Uh, there's lots of fish in the water that you can see through the water. I was fully connected to nature during that time, and it, it helped me to recover as I was going through a lot from 2012 all the way up to probably 2014, 2015. Now, did you have much of an outdoor background prior? Uh, I like to go paddling and I like to go hiking, but having a uh, life-changing event happen kind of shifts gears quite a bit. I was a registered nurse for 10 years before I started paddling, and I really found my purpose through paddling and raising awareness at the same time. So I basically set up uh, long-distance paddles every year. I've been doing it since 2019. So in addition to the entire Ohio River in 2019, and then your Mississippi River um, source to Vicksburg in 21, and then the, the Cincinnati to the Gulf in 22, what other uh, river trips have you done? I've paddled the entire Little Miami here in Ohio about five or six times from where it starts all the way to the Ohio River. I plan on paddling the Suwannee River in this coming March which is about a 200-mile jaunt from southern Georgia all the way through Florida. I haven't done anything really long distance other than those three trips you spoke of and, and uh, you know, all my preparations on the, the Little Miami River here in Cincinnati. Okay. So why rivers? Well, I was born and raised in a river town. Uh, my grandparents had a trailer in... Patriot, Indiana, and me and my brother and my whole family would always go down and visit my grandparents on the weekends along the river, and I just played on the river my whole life. I've done a lot of fishing in this river. When I expanded out to the Mississippi River, I realized that rivers were where, where it's at for me, and kayaks are the mode of transportation that I've used on the rivers until this past fall. I met a man named John Rusky down in Clarksdale, Mississippi, and he does community paddles uh, and, you know, social paddles for folks that hire him to take them out on the lower Mississippi. So since September, I've been taking folks out on giant Voyager canoes to paddle the lower Mississippi. That's a cool experience. And we'll have to, we'll have to, to hit on that one, too. So why, why a kayak and not a canoe for your trips? Kayak, I felt like I was going to move faster in it. I could pack it with the gear that I needed. I'm kind of a minimalist when it comes to packing, so I kept it as light as I could, which the kayak was still fairly heavy with all the gear in it. I've just, you know, felt comfortable in a kayak, and now that I've experienced the canoe, I think I'm having somewhat of a change of mind about how I'm going to travel from now on. The Ohio River's not one that we hear about all that often. So tell us about the Ohio. 
Well, the northern portion of the Ohio is absolutely gorgeous. It's uh, not a very wide river. Uh, you've got a lot of uh, mountains around you. Uh, I uh, did a bald eagle count on the Ohio and counted 257 bald eagles, including juvenile bald eagles as I went down the river. The one thing about that river is it, from top to bottom, it's a party river after, until after about St. Louis or maybe Henderson, Kentucky. So on the weekends, it was hard to paddle. And an, another very difficult thing about the Ohio is it faces southwest and all of the weather comes from the southwest through the Ohio River Valley. I didn't experience much weather, but I experienced the wind and you know, they call for 10, 15 mile an hour winds on the on land. It's going to be pretty rowdy on the river. And there were times where I was stuck for four or five days because the swells were just too big to paddle in. Uh, that, that, I would have to say, makes it a very difficult river to paddle. Other than the bald eagles and the, and the wind, what did you experience along the way? You mentioned partying and, and all that. So tell us more about the uh, the trip itself. Well, I didn't party too much myself. It was... <laughs> It's a party river, and yeah. so there are there are a lot of folks that are around on the weekends, and I tried to stay off the waters because I didn't want to deal, get hung up with somebody's boat. Yeah, that um, a lot of power the, boats and that sort of thing? Yeah, they're all over the place. Okay. That's why I called it a party river, because there's so much area of that entire river where people are recreationing on the weekends. Yeah. The people along the river are great. I've learned that, Folks that live along all rivers, not just the Ohio River, but even the Mississippi River, uh, you know, you roll up to a boat launch or people know that you're coming through and they reach out to you and try to help you out as much as they can. And that's what makes these trips so doable is that there are so many folks out there that are willing to give or willing to assist somebody who's traveling a long river like the Ohio or the Mississippi River. The Ohio's got a lot of river towns on it, uh, which I, I went into several towns along the way. I don't know. It's in my heart because I'm born and raised here in Cincinnati, and the Ohio runs right through downtown Cincinnati. And I chose to do the Ohio because it was close to home, and if I needed help, I could get help easily. It's full of good people. I've met a lot of people that I would say are river angels along the Ohio River, and I hope to float it again someday. So how many miles was your uh, Ohio River trip? From top to bottom is 981 miles. All right. And how long did it take you to do that one? I think I took about 55 days to do the Ohio. Okay. Uh, there were a lot of off days in that 55 days, too. I didn't have any bad weather while I was on it, so I got it done fairly quickly. It was all slack water, though, and that was the first time I learned about slack water. There was no current anywhere in the river when I did it from uh, from Pittsburgh all the way to Cairo. Really? Now, now, tell us about that. Well, the water's pulled up in between the lock and dam, so there was no rain. We've had a massive drought in the Midwest for the past few years, and uh, there was no rain. So in August, it's just like a pool in between each lock and dam. Uh, that's the way my paddle last year on the Mississippi was. I had no current from Lake Itasca all the way to St. Louis, and then I got to St. Louis, and when it becomes a free-flowing river, you, of course, have a current at that point. That sounds kind of brutal. It is <laughs> it is brutal, but I was able to conquer it. How many locks and dams did you experience along the way? 
Uh, on the Ohio, I think there's 26 or 27, I believe. It's about the same on the, the upper Mississippi as well. Okay. Once you get to St. Louis, it becomes a free-flowing river. But from Itasca to St. Louis, you go through about the same amount of locks on that river as well. You mentioned the river angels along the Ohio. So tell us about some of the river angels that you met. Oh, man. Where do I begin? It started day one. I, I got through the first lock. I hadn't paddled along that day, and uh, there was a man named Joe as well. And he had a little little camp spot right there just past the first dam. I asked him if I could pitch tent at, on the riverbank, and he was kind of sketchy at first about it. And then he, then he heard what I had said I was doing and what my mission was. And he was like, yeah, man, pitch your tent wherever you want. And, and he gave me some cold drinks and, and, and good conversation. And that happened almost every single day. I was running into people along the way. Uh, yacht clubs, you stop at a yacht club, they welcome you with open arms. It's just, it's what energy you put out into the universe is what comes back to you. And and I feel like I'm very blessed when I do my paddles because I get a lot of, uh, a lot of folks that reach out to me. Now you mentioned towns along the Ohio. Is it pretty populated? Yeah, you've you've got Pittsburgh where where it starts. The the two rivers come together to start mile zero on the Ohio. And then you you come through major cities like Cincinnati, Louisville, and then you've got smaller river cities that some some of them have, you know, river banks that are really nice and a lot of people around and You've got uh, some of them that are smaller, but you know they're there because they, they take care of their riverfront. The river on the Ohio is a lot more populated than the Mississippi River is. Maybe not in the beginning of the Mississippi, but uh, it's a pretty populated river. And uh, so let's hear about some more, some more of the, the river angels, the people. Shoot, man, I, I met folks that offered me a place to sleep for a night, meals, what, what have you. A lot of river angels that I've met are lifelong friends. I still am in contact with half of them that I had come in contact with on the Ohio. They are folks that offer a place to stay for a night, a nice bed, air conditioning when it's hot is all get out outside, a fresh meal, breakfast the next morning, a cup of coffee and good conversation. Uh, I experienced that a lot. And even this year's paddle from Cincinnati to the Gulf of Mexico, I met so many people along the way that were so willing to give that to me it's a little overwhelming because I really respect that people are there to help me out because without folks like River Angels, I wouldn't be able to complete these paddles that I do. We've used the word river or the term river angels a number of times, and we may have some listeners that aren't familiar with uh, with river angels. So basically, those are folks that along the way, they're just like you said, they're willing to help out. That's that's what they love to do. Is there some kind of network of river angels that you can tap into that you know, they know each other? Or? Uh, on the Mississippi, there is. On the Ohio, not so much. All the people that took care of me have actually taken care of other paddlers that are coming through because... This year, there was another gentleman that paddled the whole Ohio, and uh, some of the river angels that took care of me, like they took care of men like um, uh, Neil Moore when he paddled up the Ohio River. There are several river angels that he stayed with through the connections that I had made, 
And uh, he had a lot of good to say that I had an impact on these folks because they were talking to me to the, this day, which was just recently this year. You mentioned uh, fish. When people think the big rivers, uh, they think that they're not all that clean. And you mentioned you can see fish. And how'd you find the water quality along the way? Uh, along the Ohio River? Yeah. The northern part, when you get past, I'd say probably a good 80 miles outside of Pittsburgh, the water's like, you can see 10 feet deep into the water up there around some small islands that are located along the river. Uh, it's it's like um, some kind of a conservation situation going on up in the northern part of the Ohio where you can't camp on the islands. There, there's such an abundance of life along the Ohio River. You know, they say it may be the dirtiest body of water in the United States, but I don't believe it because there are bald eagles that are surviving and thriving along the river. That means the food chain is, is working out pretty well. There's the Ohio Riverway, which goes from Portsmouth, Ohio, all the way to Louisville. And that could be referenced, I guess, because they have created a recreation route for people that they can take along the Ohio River. The quality of the water is decent. When you have a lot of flooding going on is when a lot of trash is, is kind of being washed out. But uh, I'm not afraid to get in that water. You were in it 981 miles in 55 days. So Yeah. You mentioned camping. Did you ever have any problem camping along the way? Any problem. Uh, for the most part, I was able to camp wherever I wanted to. I did camp on the wrong guy's land one night and got harassed along the Ohio River at like 3 o'clock in the morning. I guess he and his buddies thought it would be funny to uh, pull all their four-wheelers around my tent and just blind me. Uh-huh. And I thought I was going to get robbed, but they sat there for about 15 minutes blinding me. And then the, one of the guys was like, he's not doing nothing stupid. Let's just go. And they all took off. Never had anything like that happen before. I've done a lot of traveling down the river and done a lot of camping along the river banks. But yeah, that happened on the Ohio and it was a little unnerving for me. So then um, following the Ohio, you chose to do the uh, to do the Mississippi. So tell us about the Mississippi trip, the, uh, the 2021. I earned a, a river name. It's it's kind of stuck a little bit. Uh, I don't like being called it because it, it brings up so many stories, but <laughs> they called me Trainwreck. <laughs> All right. Well, we got to hear uh, one of these stories at least. I could, I could write a whole book about Trainwreck <laughs> moments, uh, which I probably will do because it's human, you know. <laughs> Um, anything and everything that's bad that could happen to somebody along a route like that, it all happened to me. <laughs> it was just, it was hard, uh, for me to get to where I wanted to go. Um, uh, like, like I said, it was all slack water from Lake Itasca all the way to the St. Louis. That's like 1200 miles of paddling in a lake with winds in your face all the time. No fun. Uh, the upper part of the river was gorgeous, but the water levels were low. I had to drag my kayak for the first 10 miles into the headwaters. Could, it didn't have deep enough water to get in it and paddle it. Uh, so I, I started a hashtag called Hiking the Mississippi. <laughs> and from there, it just it snowballed. I The first week, I, I broke a tooth in half and I had to have it taken out and had to stay at a river angel's house for a few days while my stitches healed up in my mouth. And 
I didn't want to exert too much energy with that. So that's a train wreck moment right off the bat. Within two minutes of starting, I dumped my whole boat in the water. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. I overpacked it, so I had to get rid of some stuff. But yeah, it was uh, it was very difficult for me, but I was able to make it to at least Vicksburg, and then I'm not going to compete with a hurricane. It can do what it wants, and I'm not going to paddle into a disaster zone where everybody's trying to pick up their stuff, and I'm looking for water and electricity. So once you got out of that first 10 miles and the broken tooth and the capsize and, and all that stuff, how was the trip different from the Ohio? Well, it's a lot more isolated than the Ohio is. So there are sections of the Mississippi where you're just in the wild. You really don't see other human beings. You see a lot of animals. Up north, there were bears. I had one sniffing around camp one night. There's a lot of farmland up there, too, with cows. You see cows all over the place. The river, if you look at the way it winds up in the northern part of the river up in Minnesota... It almost looks like the way it winds in the southern portion of the Mississippi. And so they, they almost mirror each other, but in, in a completely different scale. So you start out real small, and then you gradually get bigger and bigger and bigger, and you get down to Memphis, and it's just a, a massive river at that point. The Ohio kind of stayed, it was narrow up north, but it would get bigger and bigger and bigger as you go south as well but not to the scale of the Mississippi River. The Mississippi, the lower Mississippi is just a massive beast. How, how big are we talking to give our, reader, uh, give our listeners some scale? Some portions of the river could be a mile and a half long between banks. That's, that's some pretty good distance. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's uh, the water, when I paddled it this spring, it was high. Now it's record low numbers. It's a completely different river between when I went through in the spring and then what the fall looked like. They're they're hurting for water in the lower Mississippi right now because uh, the lower Mississippi is fed by a third of the water out of the Ohio River. Makes up a third, or the Ohio River makes up a third of the lower Mississippi. Well, with the drought that we've been having, that's not happening. They're not getting the water they need, so now there's... There's not enough room for a lot of commerce down there. Also, commerce is different on the Mississippi compared to the Ohio as well. The Ohio, their the speed is limited. Uh, on the Mississippi, they're pushing hard going up north with all the all the barges and stuff like that. And they, they create Class 3 rapids with undertow behind those boats. Why did you choose to do the Mississippi? My plan is to paddle all four major inland rivers in the United States, and the Mississippi was the closest one to home again. Uh, so I, I figured I'd try it out. And I know, it, well, it's, it's the largest, one of the largest rivers in the United States, so I knew that I'd be able to do a lot of good uh, raising and awareness along that route. So I chose to do the Mississippi because it's, the second out of the four rivers that I'd like to paddle in the United States. What are the others? The Missouri and the Arkansas that would make up the four largest bodies of, or the four largest rivers in the United States. You mentioned wildlife. I know me personally, when I think of the Mississippi River, I don't think bears. That's kind of a surprising thing. What else did you find unexpected about that trip? Pelicans up north. I had no clue that white pelicans live just south of Minnesota. 
I saw a bunch of pelicans and I couldn't believe that I was seeing pelicans so far north. Uh, I was used to brown pelicans in the south because I've been in the south a lot, but I had no clue that uh, pelicans are up in that area. What else did you find unexpected? I didn't know much about Asian carp. Okay. <laughs> Those things are dangerous. All right. So Asian carp is something that... uh that we have here in the U.S., and so for our, our listeners not here in the U.S. or even in the Midwest, tell us about Asian carp. I, ca- I call them uh, river rockets because <laughs> if, if, they, if they feel a certain frequency, they all start to jump at the same time, and they're not the smartest fish. They'll smack you in the side of the face or they'll jump right into your boat, which... I've seen people in the shallows circling uh, the waters with their boats so that the fish jump and they were shooting them out of the air. They're a nuisance. They eat basically everything that the lower parts of the food chain eat off of. They're an invasive species, and I've seen them in flocks, or not, I I guess, schools of fish by the thousands in certain areas. And they like to hang out in the shallows, but... You can catch them out, out in the deeper waters, too, if, if you got the right frequency coming out of the boat. Yeah, and these aren't little fish. No, they're huge. And they're literally leaping out of the water. Yeah, and they, they emit this nasty smell. They smell like dead fish, even though they're alive. And they have a slime to them that gets all over everything. So if they jump in your boat and get into your gear and... It's, everything just gets slimed, and that's all you can smell is that dead fish smell for days. <laughs> I was paddling the Illinois once. We paddled through a, a school of them, and they were they were just leaping all over the place. Yeah, they react to certain sounds. Kayaks don't agitate them too much, but they will jump, and then you get one that jumps, then they all want to jump, whether or not they hit that frequency from the boat motor or not. So you didn't experience those on the uh, on the Ohio? The lower portion of the Ohio I did, yes, okay. past St. Louis. Uh, they're not, I don't know if they're all the way up here in Cincinnati yet or not, but they're trying to control them in the lower part of the river. So how did you plan the Mississippi trip in 21? Uh, <laughs> good question. I just decided one day that I was going to do it, and I started putting all the gear and got the right boat and everything I needed to do the whole entire Mississippi and really didn't do a lot of planning about it. I figured I'd learn as I go, and that's probably why I had a lot of train wreck moments, but I learned <laughs> as I went. <laughs> all right. So you didn't really, you know, didn't didn't uh, ship food or um, arrange uh, your River Angel connections or anything, just kind of let it happen? The, I let it happen, and the River Angel connections were so well that, you know, I was taken care of basically the whole time I was out there. That's cool. They got a whole network of river angels on, on the Mississippi River. There was a special Facebook page for it. A lot of those folks choose who they want to serve, and and I got lucky enough that everybody wanted to meet me, and, and it was a blessing to me because they all helped me to get down that river. So now you had to go back in 2022. So tell us about the 2022 trip and what was different there. I wanted to redeem my last 450 miles of the Mississippi River, so I arranged it to where I drove my vehicle down to New Orleans and parked it, and then I paddled from Cincinnati all the way to the Mississippi, which is the lower portion of the Ohio, and then uh, did the Mississippi to the Atchafalaya, 
and I actually took the Atchafalaya to finish off to the Gulf. I traveled three rivers, and it took me about 63 days, I think, to get it complete. So if you only had 450 miles from Vicksburg to the Gulf, why'd you choose to go from Cincinnati? Because I wanted to do another awareness battle. I figured the longer I was out on the river, I could raise more awareness. And I also didn't want to put anybody out from home to drive me down and back. So I uh, just made a whole journey out of it. And and, uh, it was about 15 or 1,600 miles total, I think, that I paddled in the spring. And you said uh, about 60 days for that one? Yes. Okay. I stopped for two weeks along the way. The first week I had to stop for because the Ohio River was flooding severely. I was moving pretty fast. I was enjoying it, but it was difficult to get out because there was driftwood everywhere. Uh. And and some barge operators had contacted me and told me that they were having a hard time navigating and I would also have a hard time with them. And I didn't want to mess around with those guys. And so they asked me to get off the river and... I usually uh, listen to the locals a lot, and they were advising to get off the river as well. So I came home for a week, and then I went back at it after the water dropped over that week. Yeah, being out there in flood conditions is uh, is no joke and definitely it a danger. A, and Yeah, uh, there is a danger to it. You're right. And the law of tonnage will always win, and uh, those ships are a whole lot bigger. They are, and I don't want to mess around with them. And, and when they call me and tell me to get off the river, I'm going to listen to them. So would you do either of the trips again, and why? I would do both the Ohio and the Mississippi again completely in a canoe to raise awareness again, but it would be in a canoe instead of a kayak because I want to experience doing a long-distance paddle in a canoe at this point. Okay. Now, why? Love kayaks. I love being in kayaks, but they're restricting you. Your lower body, you can't move it too much, and... I'd like to be in a canoe where I can switch my legs or, you know, switch my posture and my position in the canoe. You can't do that in a kayak. And and for that reason, I feel like I'd like to try a canoe out on a long trip. Okay. You mentioned raising awareness a few times. So tell us how you went about raising awareness for mental health. Well, uh, first off, I engaged in talking to people all along the way. And then I had friends that were setting up news interviews along the way as well so each town that i'd go through they would have an interview set up and so i've done a lot of uh news articles be it in written form over the radio or over the television and i was able to to reach a lot of people by doing it that way and were you raising money for any groups Last year I raised money, and this year I raised money for Adventure Crew, which is a nonprofit in Cincinnati that takes inner city youth out into nature. All right, we'll have to get uh, get links for, for Adventure Crew and get that into the show notes uh, for you. Were there any particular mental health causes that you were uh, raising money for or raising awareness yeah, it was for? Just strictly me raising awareness for the good of others. So, what do you want others to know? The message is that love and community around folks with mental health conditions can help them to live a better life. And I'm a prime example of that. I had a lot of love and family and community around me when I was at my worst, and it was helping me to get out of what I was going through. And that we should always remember to be kind to others, because if you 
think about it. Being kind doesn't take too much. And you could smile at somebody tomorrow and make their day when they could be down. See, we don't see what other people are suffering with. Uh, they may tell us what they're suffering with, but a lot of us don't understand that. And I feel like being kind to others is to help us all understand that people have their differences. So what's next on the trip list for you? Well, in March, I'm going to paddle the entire Suwannee River from northern or from southern Georgia all the way through northern Florida. It's uh, about a 200-mile journey, and I'm doing it to raise awareness down in that part of the country, as well as to paddle, leisurely paddle a river that uh, is full of wildlife and, and uh, natural springs, and I'm really excited to get down there and get that, get that going. So what are you expecting to see uh, in the Suwannee that's different from the, the Ohio or Mississippi? Manatees, giant blue holes, water coming up out of the ground. You don't see that too much on the Ohio or Mississippi. And how about after that? 2024, I plan on paddling uh, the entire Missouri River, or at least paddling half of it and then following up in 2025 with the other half. How can listeners reach you if they've got additional questions or want to follow along with your trips? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Kayaking for a Cause with the number four instead of spelling out for. So it's Kayaking for a Cause. I have an Instagram account that's the same thing, but they locked me out, so I don't know how to fix that. Okay. I'm trying to work on fixing that. Um, also, if you Google Ohio Man Kayaks Mississippi River for Mental Health, You'll find a lot of news articles. I would recommend going and checking it out because uh, a lot of it's very inspiring to others. So you ended up with a life-changing opportunity out of all this, uh, out of this paddling as well. So tell us about that. Yeah, man. Uh, so paddling is basically my life. I uh, I almost passed in, in 2012. I had, you know, a near-death experience, and it, it really changed my life to a point where I was able to find my purpose, which is to raise awareness and to also uh, speak out for those that can't speak for themselves. It's a gift that I have that I was given by God, I would have to say. So I'm going to follow through with it and do what I've been led to do for the rest of my life, which is paddle and raise awareness at the same time. I do plan on writing a book about my life with, with mental health conditions as well as how the system treats folks who have mental health disorders. And it, it talks about my entire life suffering with these things. So life-changing event is paddling and being in nature showed me that there's a lot of healing properties that nature has. And with that, you know, I've gotten a second chance at life and I'm using that second chance to inspire others to to live a better, more comfortable life themselves. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you for the message, and, uh, and thank you for what you do and, and raising awareness. So I've got one, one final question for you, and that is who else would you like to hear as a future guest on Paddling the Blue? Who else would I like to hear? I asked him yesterday if he'd be interested, and he said yes, and I would say speak with John Rusky. The man's got a lot of knowledge about the lower Mississippi and he's also a, a wonderful artist, be it 
musically inclined and painting talented. Yeah, I'd like to hear John Rusky do an interview with you. I'd really like to hear how that turns out. I think it would be a good one. Okay. And and you ended up with an opportunity to, to work with John after all, all this paddling, right? Yeah, I went down to Clarksdale, Mississippi and worked with Quapaw Canoe Company from September to uh, the end of November. They take folks out from the community on these giant Voyager canoes that can fit 10 people plus seats and stuff like that. Or they can fit five, six people in, in their gear and they take people on guided adventures down the lower Mississippi River and you would think with such a huge river down there there wouldn't be much to see but it's it's a beautiful place and John is down there taking people out daily showing them the healing properties that nature does contain well that's great well again thank you very much for your message thank you for what you do and uh, in raising awareness and I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today hey thanks John man I really appreciate you contacting me you're welcome. If you want to be a stronger and more efficient paddler, Power to the Paddle is packed with fitness guidance and complete descriptions along with photos of more than 50 exercises to improve your abilities and enjoy your time on the water. The concept and exercises in this book have helped me become a better paddler and they can make a difference for you too. The exercises in the book can help you reduce tension in your shoulders and low back, use the power of your torso to create leverage and use less energy with each stroke, Use force generated from your lower body to make your paddling strokes more efficient. Have the endurance to handle long days in the boat. Drive through the toughest waves or white water. Protect your body against common paddling injuries. And while you're at it, you might even lose a few pounds. And who wouldn't mind that? So visit PaddlingExercises.com to get the book and companion DVD. It was nice to hear Joe's impression of the Ohio and Mississippi rivers and some of the people that make up the crew of river angels along the way. So visit the show notes for this episode at www.paddlingtheblue.com where you'll find links to Joe's Kayaking for a Cause page where you can find many more stories of River Angels and you'll also find links to the River Angels Network on Facebook and Adventure Crew so you can consider supporting their work in Cincinnati. And don't forget, check out onlinesekayaking.com and take advantage of the great video lessons that James and Simon have assembled and enter the code PTBPODCAST at checkout and get 10% off just for being a member of the Paddling the Blue community. For our next episode, that one's going to be a special tribute to a friend, Jake Stahoviak. And whether you've ever met Jake or have not met Jake, you'll love the stories about him and directly from him in this episode. I look forward to sharing this very personal episode with you. Until next time, thanks again for listening, and I look forward to bringing you the next episode of Paddling the Blue. Thank you for listening to Paddling the Blue. You can subscribe to Peddling the Blue on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Please take the time to leave us a five-star review on Apple Music. We truly appreciate the support. And you can find the show notes for this episode and other episodes, along with replays of past episodes, contact information, and more at paddlingtheblue.com. Until next time, I hope you get out and paddle the blue.